Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance. Welcome everyone to the next installment of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your hosts, Brian and Peter, and today it is episode 16. And today we're going to cover the link between water and how it can be a performance enhancer and a natural one and how much your performance horse should be drinking. How are you, Peter? Brian, extremely hot today on this on this Friday. As, as most of our listeners know, we're up in Queensland, so it is getting very hot and humid, um, which will sort of segue into why water is, is, is actually very important in, in a horse's diet. And I think it's probably one of the most overlooked performance enhancers out there. Yeah, 100%. I think everyone looks at, oh, what can I give my horse to make it run faster or perform better or have better temperament? But taking it a step back, they sometimes skip on the water component. And I think even more so, Brian, as we're getting into into the hotter months sort of around Australia, um, even like yourself, you know, you might need to pull out those budgie smugglers out of the top drawer and head for the for the beach <laughs> where it gets really hot. Borat style. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back onto the podcast. So as it gets hotter and hotter, obviously the horse sweats more and more and the intake is is a lot more demanding as well. So Here's a Friday fact for, for our listeners. Um, the horse's body is about 70% water, wow. and, and, and that's huge. And you know, they need the water, obviously, for, to maintain brain function. Um, you know, it cushions the joint cartilage as well in terms of performance. As a performance enhancer, so what we need is we need the water to be inside the horse's cells, and that's where the horse maintains hydration. So they, they need the water around the cells, but it's far more important to have the water in the cells. And the way that they get the water into the cells is through salt, yeah. you know, sodium and chloride. So that's something that we will go through as well. And also we'll cover a lot of the pitfalls where people do think that, you know, I'm gonna give it lysine, I'll give it 20 different amino acids, I'll give it protein, I'll give it this. That's all important as well, but we need to start with the foundation, which is water. Yeah, 100%. Like the lack of water in the diet, it can have more profound effects and an immediate impact into their well-being rather than when you compare it to a lack of nutrients of of another nutrient. So for example, the horse's body can lose nearly all of its fat and over half its protein content and still survive. Whereas if the horse's body loses just a tenth of their water that they need, it can result in really serious consequences for their overall health plus their performance is going to be really decreased. Well, one step forward, Brian, on, on the performance aspect, which, which you just mentioned. So, so during recovery from exercise, it takes seven grams of water to replenish just one gram of glycogen. And, wow. and, and that's huge, you know? I mean, that's something that, that we've learned, obviously, researching this topic today. So it just shows our listeners how, how extremely important the water is, but also the, you know, the sodium chloride, the salt, along with the water as well. Yeah, I think something we even touched about earlier in the month is even for us humans with water and respiration, so even breathing, how much water we lose just by breathing. So yeah, Brian, another Friday fun fact, as we'll call them. So so we lose as humans about 500 ml of water just purely by breathing, and that's in a 24-hour cycle. So it's a quarter of what, what they say that we should um, ingest daily. So like we're supposed to be having at least two liters of water a day to properly hydrate, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think. Well, I don't think most of us are, you know, yeah. are getting that. And then you know, add your three or four cups of coffee on top of that, which is, you know, caffeine's a, you know, it's a dehydrating agent as well. So we have that, you know, we have 
a beer or a, or a gin or a, or a glass of Earth Clacalm at night, you know, depending on our budget. <laughs> um, you know, so that's going to dehydrate us even more. And if we don't have any water, then, you know, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, 100%. So with a, with a horse, how much do they require a day? So typically a mature horse around the 500 kgs, they approximately require at least 30 liters up to 50 liters for maintenance. And that's purely for their whole body to function properly. So that's basically, if, if most people have got a 20 liter bucket, you know, the horse would need to consume at least, you know, two buckets daily. Yep, during on average, yeah. yeah, on average during these sort of hotter periods. Yeah, and this maintenance amount, it can be easily altered by obviously the temperature in the air, the relative humidity, the type of feed that they have. So pasture and grass, if you're on lush pasture, that does contain some water. So yep. they won't need to drink as much as one that's just on a hay diet. And also just their genetics and also their overall condition, the type of activity um, that they're in. So for example, heavy training and competing in humid weather, it can increase this water requirement up to 300 to 400%. Yeah, 100% Brian. And you know, just going on to your fact that you said about the exercise. So basically like when a horse exercises, whether it's, you know, low exercise, medium or, or extreme, it's more about the duration of the exercise as well. So what our listeners have to look at is the horse will lose water in a very rapid rate during exercise. Um, and a large loss of water is mainly through sweat. And that's at least four litres per hour. So four litres of sweat per hour of exercise, which is, which is up there. Um, and they need the water for other body functions you know, that are rapidly compromised. And we think that, that in fact, you know, like inadequate body hydration likely accounts for more subpar performances um, than any other causes combined. Yeah, it's huge. So Brian, exercise generates a tremendous amount of heat, um, you know, because the horse can only survive, you know, with its body temperature within a fairly narrow range. You know, the cooling mechanisms take precedence over all the other functions. So needing water for the horse will continue to sweat until the brink of death, which is pretty extreme, yeah. which is huge. And the latest research out of America that we found was that as little as 2% loss of body water weight, you know, can result in up to 10% decrease in performance. Yeah. So if any of our listeners out there that are into competitive you know, performance and you know, you're spending everything but the kitchen sink on supplements and, and trying to feed the right way, and if your horse literally is, is 2% dehydrated, you're going to lose 10% in performance. Yeah, it's, it's such an important piece of, of the performance puzzle. Well, it's a difference between maybe winning and coming third or fourth. Mm, yeah. And yeah. It's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a very cheap thing to maintain you know, hydration, you know, water's abundant everywhere. We just have to be mindful of it, see how much water is drinking, make sure we've got the salt in the diet. Um, so it's just doing your housekeeping. Yeah, 100%. So a horse, you may notice it doesn't sweat a clear liquid. It's, it's, it's like a white fluid and this is due to the, the protein and it has this detergent-like property and it enhances heat loss via evaporation. So this is one of the reasons why wiping off sweat is counterproductive and it's one of the biggest myths in the performance industry and we know in the racing industry a lot of the stable staff will scrape off the excess water after they've hosed the horse thinking this will cool them down quicker than leaving the water on there so running cool water over the horse's whole body is a better way to enhance the cooling and leaving it on there to evaporate is going to give a more even amount of heat dissipation over the whole horse's body. 
And one, one step further onto that, Brian, I think we should address with rugging horses in the summertime as well. So we've done a podcast on, on when to rug your horse and when not to rug your horse. So anyone that's rugging their horse in the middle of, of, a, you know, of a paddock without shade, it's, it's going to cause extreme dehydration. So if our listeners haven't listened to, to our rugging podcast, you know, please jump on there and, and have a listen. But for this podcast, just be very mindful about rugging in the middle of, of the day when the temperature's getting above, you know, even 20 degrees. Yeah, 100%. If you have to rug, make it light, but also try and let them have that exposure to the sun for their vitamin D levels. So the horse's sweat contains three times the sodium and chloride and up to 10 times the potassium found compared to human sweat. So this is one reason why electrolytes designed for horses are for horses and an electrolyte like one of those sports drinks should only be used for humans. I think the point we're trying to make, Brian, in this podcast is that salt needs to be given to a horse daily. Um, and look, look, electrolytes are fantastic. Obviously, they replace the sweat that the horse loses during exercise, but the sodium and the chloride and salt needs to be on a daily basis because there's so many functions that, that happen in a horse's body through, through salt. So, you know, a regular question we get asked is, well, you know, can I just feed your electrolyte without the salt? If your horse is doing nothing in a paddock and, and it's just, it's got supply or, or, or ample access to pasture, you might get away with it with the electrolyte, mm. but if it's getting ridden even one day a week, it needs to have that base sodium chloride in its system. Yeah, 100%. Because the potassium, you've got already got it covered because that's naturally available and abundant in hay and pasture and also in your feeds. So it's that sodium and chloride that's most important. You know, just touching on what I mentioned briefly, you know, without adequate sodium chloride, you know, and that's regardless of how much water the horse drinks, they will not be able to retain normal amount of water in the body. And that's purely because the salt is there to push the water into the cells. And you need the water in the cells to maintain hydration. Brian, do you want to go into some of the consequences of a horse that might be dehydrated? You know, maybe just just briefly sort of tapping onto, onto each one. Yeah, so... If a horse is mildly dehydrated, it's going to affect the exercise tolerance. It's going to make them more prone to cramping. You're going to get weight loss from the water loss, but then you also got increased risk of colic and heat stroke. And the sweat production may decrease. As a horse sweats for a prolonged period, this results in a water, more watery sweat rather than that detergent-like protein sweat. So they're going to have a less effective way of cooling themselves naturally through their sweat. So what we recommend obviously having, I think it's 10 grams per, per 100 kilograms of body weight in salt and you know, maybe a little bit more even as we get into the hotter months. On the days that the horse is exercised, the scent electrolyte is a, is a product that we develop purely to replace the sweat that's lost during exercise. The updated formula now is fully soluble in water so it can get mixed in, in a cup and then you know, it can get you know, administered sort of orally or it can, you know, the powder can be put into the actual feed itself. There's no fillers through it, there's no sugars through it. It's 100% chelated minerals so, and it's the lowest feed rate on the market as well. Yeah, so one strategy for performance horses is having that base amount of salt per day but then getting electrolyte into them three to four hours before competing then giving them access to fresh water and what this will do is it'll activate their thirst they'll they'll drink before the event the electrolytes already in there and the salt's already in there so they're 
they're gonna pull the water into their cells, hydrate properly. Then when they're competing, they're gonna have access to that hydration and have their bodily functions perform to their best. And then when all the electrolytes are depleted after the event, it's a good idea to include electrolytes and then fresh clean water. So basically you're trying to say that you know, they need the hydration to generate energy because if they're dehydrated, then the energy isn't going to get generated as well. Yeah, and, al and also for their mental health as well. Brian, we still get some performance um, horse trainers that, that we sort of consult with, and some of the old school guys, they still draw water, they call it, you know, four hours before a race or, or, or sort of six hours before a race, and that's a big no-no. You know, it's not going to, you know, it's, it's not going to make the horse stop. It's actually, the horse being dehydration is actually going to have a subpar performance than, than if it's hydrated, as we mentioned. So. If anyone's listening out there and, and, and they are sort of cutting water before performance, please don't do it because you're only you know you're only jeopardising the performance you're going to have and you you know could be potentially causing harm to your horse. Um, so clean water you know should be available at, at all times and in unlimited amounts. You know let the horse drink freely as much as they want immediately after exercise. And also one thing with the salt blocks, you know I don't know how how our listeners are, but you know if I'm going to lick salt, you know like a Himalayan salt, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna cause scarring on my tongue so people that think that a horse that has a salt block in their you know in their yard or, or in their box is going to lick 40 to 50 grams you know good luck because that ain't going to happen so you know like a salt block is is good to have there but it should never be there as a you know as a replacement for for 40 to 50 grams of salt inside their feet daily yeah there's, there's all proven research that horses don't regulate their intake and they can even lick it out of boredom, so it's not, it's not ideal. Going back to a dehydration effect, particularly in endurance and racehorses, there's a condition known as the thumps, and that's where there's irregular spasming of the diaphragm, and this is directly caused by dehydration due to fluid loss and abnormal electrolyte levels. So the horse has not properly hydrated, and this has often occurred when all the electrolytes are depleted and you'll get this and it really shows up in very badly performed horses. So Brian, just one more point I want to make in terms of the salt supplementation. You know, horses still need the salt in the middle of winter, even though that they might not be sweating as much or they're not being as active, but they still need the sodium and chloride in, in the winter time. So even if it's, if it's a little bit less than in the middle of summer, it still should be supplemented daily. Yeah, 100%. So Brian, as we were researching this topic today, I think both you and I um, learned something valuable today. And it's something that, that every sort of, I think, performance horse trainer does, even, even general sort of horse owners. When they're, when they're hosing down a horse, everyone seems to scrape the water off the, off the horse straight away. And it sort of makes sense, you know, during the winter time, if, if there's a breeze around or it's really cold, that obviously the horse can, can, can get sick. But sort of scratching our heads going, well, why... Why does it happen in the middle of summer where, you know, obviously the horse has the, you know, does the exercise, then it gets hosed down. Sometimes the hosing might be 30 seconds and then it gets scraped down. Other times some, some performance trainers might do it for three or four minutes, you know, longer. But, but why do they actually scrape the water off the horse? Yeah, are they, are they worried about the horse boiling, the skin boiling? Well, from the water? Well, I think that's one yeah. aspect. Like I know like when I myself go to the beach, not in my budgie smugglers like yourself, you know, when I go for, for a nice long swim, I, I come outside, you know, I just want to be in the middle of the sun and I don't grab my towel straight away and start wiping myself off. I just stand there, look around 
you know, within three, four, five minutes, depending how hot it is, I'm dry. And, and you know, then I've got the salty, you know, the salty water on my skin, like it feels really smooth. There's a lot of benefits to it. So we don't do it as humans, but yet why are we doing it to horses? Yeah, so let's look at the science regarding this. So, and we'll probably go to one of the world-renowned experts for his opinion, and that's Dr. David Marlin, who he's a scientist for over 20 years, experience in physiology and biochemistry. He conducted groundbreaking research into this subject uh, before the Atlanta Olympics in the 90s. And since then, he's extensively worked in trying to get the correct message out about scraping horses and how this is not needed. And he's done research into the effects of heat and humidity in horses. And what he has found is it's perfectly fine for a wet horse to be out in direct sunlight they're not going to boil or even get hotter. For some reason, this is what people are saying, and that's what they're justifying their scraping on. But the data clearly shows that you don't scrape the skin because it does not warm up. It continues to cool if you leave the water there on the horse's skin. Well, Brian, just comparing it sort of to humans, like I know if I go for a run or, or you know, if, if, if I do exercise and it's really hot, you know, I'll go for, you know, for a cold shower. Like, I'll be in a shower for, for, you know, for a while. That cold shower will cool my body down. And naturally, when I come out and towel myself, I've already cooled down. So, you know, I think the myth, what, what Dr. Marlin is saying is that, you know, the horse's body temperature is not going to be 100 degrees, you know, like when you're boiling a hot egg. Mm. You know, it might be, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60 degrees. Look, I'm not sure, but it's not going to get above probably 50, 60. Yep. And by putting water on, 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 you know, 40, 50, 60 degrees, it's not going to boil. No, no. There's just no logic behind it. Yeah. So if you're grabbing that scraper and you need to do it for your own peace of mind, just do it quickly, but don't do it thoroughly. So what would you recommend, like in terms of like if a horse does a lot of performance, would you would you recommend it gets hosed and it taken for a walk or something like that? Or? And, and that's what's being recommended by Dr. Marlin. Right. So what they say is, is apply water all over their body. Although the, scraping the water off doesn't do harm, if the horse is dangerously hot, it can slow the cooling process. So what you want to do is not scrape every single part of the, of the horse and, and allow some water to be there just to evaporate off and that's going to have a better cooling effect than yeah scraping the water so maybe something even in between so let's just say you know the horse has gone out and you know whether it's an endurance performance and it you know it comes back so like if it was my horse you know i would think that i would hose it down for say two three four minutes um leave the water on take it for a walk whether it's a five minute walk ten minute walk come back again you know if it's recovered good hose it again for another two three four minutes and then you know, then scrape the water off and then, you know, put it, you know, obviously put it away. Yeah. So in situations where the horse is severely heat stroked um, and, they, and they can't hardly stand up, continuous application of that cold water all over is likely to save the life in that situation than scraping off the, that excess water. Because, yeah, heat stroke is one of the nastiest things that can happen to a horse and it's about how fast you can bring the temperature down in those situations so he he's a very big advocate of stopping the the scraping Brian if I take one step back would I be correct in saying that if the horse is already dehydrated before the actual event 
then it's going to take that particular horse a lot longer to bring its body temperature down than if it was hydrated before the actual exercise. Yeah, that'd be correct. And I think that's the importance of, of having a salt in a diet, getting that salt to push the water into the cells. So if the horse is maintaining the water in the cells, it's holding that water to help with cooling the body down after, after exercise. Yeah. Yeah. So another strange myth or idea that people put forward is that cold water on the horse's skin can constrict blood vessels and that causes them to heat up more. But there's numerous studies and Dr. Marlin says that this is not the case and colder water will remove the heat faster because of that transfer of heat from the horse's skin to the, the water. Well, I know myself, Brian, um, you know, because I do, I do cold showers even in the middle of winter and I know that as soon as I get in there, you know, your body instantly like lowers, you know, lowers temperature. And you know, after the initial shock, then you get used to it. But then after you finish that cold shower, like you feel amazing. All, you know, all those hormones that have been released, and and on on that fact as well, you make your immune system stronger because you're challenging it in a you know you know like in a pretty harsh way. Yeah, it, it, it's very good for you. And even does it clear clear your head like it, mentally? It does. It does. Yeah. It, it clear your head basically because because with the shock that happens, like there's a lot of hormones you know that get released. And I try to stay in there between, say, three and five minutes. Obviously, working my, you know, my way up to that point. It's not I jump in there and it's five minutes. Um, but you just feel that you're very relaxed. I don't know exactly what happens inside, but you just know the feeling that you're, that you're more calm, relaxed. You're more sharp, um, and just just clearer thinking for the rest of the day. Yeah. And if you're still not convinced about the scraping and throwing that scraper out, we always look and see what we observe in nature with horses, and. I'll quote Dr. David Marlin again, and he says that a wild horse, when wild horses sweat and they go to lakes and rivers, they get soaked in the thunderstorms in hot countries. There's no one going around with a scraper and these horses, they still survive. So yeah, we look at nature. Well, and also for rugging too, Brian. I mean, I don't see too many horses that are, you know, that are rugged to the eyeballs with, with, you know, with rugs. They're normally tearing their rugs off. Well, maybe they're trying to tell their owner something. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, get, you know, get my pajamas off in the, you know, in the middle of uh, of forty five degrees. Mm, you know, yeah, I'm just a little bit hot. Yeah, it's it, it, sometimes very crazy what we see. There's a time and a place for rugging, yeah. so I hope our listeners don't think that we're bashing rugging. But we do see more often than not, and it's maybe I don't know whether it's a Queensland thing or whether it's sort of around Australia. Is there there are a lot more horses rugged in the middle of summer than what they're not. So. To us, to to what Brian and I believe is that's not right. And if, like the biggest pet haters, if they've got shade there, then the horse isn't stupid. It'll go into the shade when it needs to go into the shade. I do understand when there's no shade, maybe like a light rug, obviously to you know to hide them from from direct sunlight, mm. but not when there's shade around. That just makes no sense. Yeah, and if your horse is sweating under even the light rug, they're going to need uh, some sort of electrolyte because the sweat lost or the, there's going to be electrolytes lost in that sweat and then the, it, it's up to the owner then to if they want to get good performance out of that horse is to properly hydrate them well it's like a can of worms so you know let's just say as an example you know the horse has been rugged for for two weeks you know it's 
it's about to go in a you know in an extreme event whether it's endurance whether it's performance what so forth the horse is already on its back foot because it's dehydrated so some owners you know think that they need to rug the horse for you know to have a beautiful coat you know perish the thought it's not it's not fact it all comes from inside it's not from the outside so your horse is already dehydrated and and you know like you're expecting it to do miracles where in some cases the horse owner is actually causing the problems by having him dehydrated sweating under those heavy rugs you know losing electrolytes and then they're scratching their heads well you know how come the horse isn't trying yeah yeah 100 percent. so brian like just summarizing all that can you let our listeners know what david marlin recommends that we you know that we do yeah so he just says don't scrape so it's better to let the horse cool its body naturally and leaving that water um, to evaporate is the best uh, method of cooling down and all the scientific research that he has done fully backs this up. I think it's also just going back to common sense. You know, like you made a very valid point about you know, what would a horse do in nature. You know? and, and if we look at what they would do in nature and we you know, try to replicate that, you know, having them as a, as a domesticated animal, I think you know, nine times out of ten you know, we're going to get favourable results. Yeah, 100%. So overall, I hope this, this outlines how water is really important for performance. And if a horse is not properly hydrated, it can affect its performance and also its body functions and overall health. Well, Brian, personally, I think it's the most important um, aspect for, you know, for performance and even as a performance enhancer. And the best of all for, for our listeners is it's free. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's no need for reaching for the for the supplement cupboards and, and this and that. You know, you can give it all the supplements you want. You can give it all the best feeds. You know that you know that money can afford. But if the foundation is it right, and with the water, obviously the roughage, you you know you don't get those two things right. Doesn't matter what you feed, what you do, you're going to be lacking in performance. Yeah. So we hope we you found this podcast interesting, and hopefully it can give you a performance advantage over your competitors next time you're out competing. If you've got any questions or if you'd like your diet balanced or looked at in terms of hydration or trying to increase, increase the performance naturally, just please get in contact with us either through our website, over the phone or even on social media. Uh, we'll have another podcast to you very soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone.